Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast. I am Nick Roush, hanging out tonight with you live on Facebook and YouTube with Drew Franklin, Freddie Maggard, and Adam Luckett. None of this could be possible without our good friends at Justice Dental. If you haven't seen them, what the hell are you waiting on, right? They got the best spot. None of this could be possible without our good friends at Justice Dental. haven't seen them, I should say. Uh, so try them out. They've got one on Wellington, one on Blazer, very conveniently located. They're your one-stop shop for all your dental needs. Whether you just need a casual cleanup, a crown, a filling, root canal, they can do it all. They can even make Drew's teeth whiter. It's amazing what they can do at Justice Dental. Check them out today by visiting justicedental.com. Big shout out to Doc Thompson and Dr. Justice for hooking up the KSR football podcast. <clears throat> We're fresh off Kentucky's fourth win of the season. Kentucky's ranked seventh. There we go. That's the right math. Number seven in the AP poll for the first time since 1977, following an eight-point win. It wasn't always the prettiest of wins, but that that happens during the Mark Stoops era. I know most of the Big Blue Nation is kind of like the team and the players. We're just kind of ready to move on past it. But we do need to talk about it a little bit. And I first want to start by asking Adam Luckett, how was your viewing experience with this? Because uh, <laughs> most, most of us were either at the game or at least at home in front of a TV to uh, complain about the ESPN app. You were uh, stuck at a wedding. How how did that go? Uh, irritable would my would be the right word. I think there. Uh, not very happy there when I'm watching GameCast on my uh, on my fancy iPhone. Um, like it's 2004. Uh, wasn't super happy about about that um, ESPN's app is awful. Uh, I think that's been established over the weekend and even before then. Um, I blame Indiana for throwing the ball 70 times and half of those being incomplete passes. So thanks a lot, Tom Allen. Yeah, big suck it to Tom Allen. Freddie, I know you could figure it out, though, because you're a man with about technology, right? Absolutely. You're, you're, yeah, so you probably had no trouble watching the game. First and foremost, we got to ignore Oh, <laughs> first and foremost, am I back on? Yeah, you're good. What did I do? I Hit power button, I guess. <laughs> no, that's a mute button. I didn't yeah. even know I was up there. First and foremost, we have to acknowledge this thing. Yeah. So, it you looks like microphone. I'm talking into a kerosene heater back in the day. It's <laughs> what we used to heat the trailer was I was a kid. But it, yeah. Um, what was the question, Nick? Oh, technology. Yeah. I tried to get over there because I got it on my TV because of the first game on the computer and I couldn't find it. And I just listened to Tom and Jeff and I was six or seven <clears throat> seconds behind the, the Twitter world. So it was, it was not enjoyable. Yeah. At least the, the Tom and Jeff could, could give you a good feel of what's going on. Um, and that first quarter, it was the fastest first quarter ever, right? Because since they didn't, Changed the game over to ESPN two. There was, there was no timeouts. They only changed possession once. You had a very long drive by Northern Illinois, uh, which resulted in a touchdown. That was not ideal. And then you had a really long Kentucky drive where they converted, uh, three third downs and a fourth down deep in their own territory. So really there was only two drives the entire quarter and they weren't taking TV timeouts because the game wasn't on TV. So at one point, Drew, I looked at you and was like, wait, the, <laughs> Quarter's over. It was 7.30, and the first quarter was over. That was the fastest football game I've ever been to. Yeah, selfishly, as uh, two guys who kind of have to stay there pretty late after games, we loved that first quarter flying through there. 
Also, it helped throughout the game. Northern Illinois really trying to limit Kentucky's possessions. But I enjoyed a fast fair. Glad we got out of there around, what, one-something? Yeah, yeah. I, I walked in the door just a little after two, so I felt like it was a good night, you know. It was a real early night. Got the dub. That's all that matters. Taking the dubs back to the legs. I got another late kick coming back with Krogh here in a couple of weeks, South Carolina for the 7.30 game. So just uh, put a pin in that for later. Uh, briefly, I I did want to uh, – a few things about the Northern Illinois game. A lot of people were unhappy and that, you know, yeah, it wasn't great. It was the we, – we've grown accustomed to this one kind of stinker a year. Uh, you had Chattanooga recently. The Eastern Michigan one was the one I remember most not fondly between that and EKU. You needed like a, I think it was a Blake McClain late interception, either him or Kendall Randolph, one of the two in that Eastern Michigan game. There's usually one of these stinkers in there. Um, and this one could have been avoided if not for the two minute turnover with smoke, where instead of potentially going on a drive to go up 21 to seven, uh, it's 14 14 at half. But, Surprisingly, Rich Gangarello was more pleased with this performance than the one a week ago where they shut out Youngstown State 31 to nothing. And like he said, it felt like an NFL game and that it was one of those, you don't know what's going to happen to you, but he liked the way the offense responded. And I at least have to agree with him on third down because all of those big play touchdowns came when the Cats needed it the most on, on third and long. Yeah, 31 points in their first seven possessions. That's over four points a drive, that's that's pretty good if you're doing that. Um, at the end, it got weird because the last possession doesn't really even count, right? They're kneeing it out. And then um, the one before that, they kind of try to run the clock out. They're not uh, unable to do it. So, overall, I think offense did some good things. I mean, there's still issues, right? The protection, protection broke down. Levis took sacks he probably doesn't need to take. But I think unexpectedly, they, they saw some stuff from Northern Illinois. I don't know if they were really – if you dig in Northern Illinois at all, it's not they're not like a cover zero team. So like they were just coming at they were trying to take advantage, I think, of Kentucky's biggest weakness. And um, that Kentucky realized it and hit on hit on some shot plays that were really, really important in the game. And I think really the game was kinda in the balance to me coming out of halftime. It's fourteen fourteen. You've given up a turnover, let them get a middle eight touchdown. When they really they're really just trying to run out the clock. Um you come out, you hit Barry and Brown uh, on that dig route and he outruns the defense. Um, it really takes control of the game from there. From that point, I thought Kentucky had a solid grasp on the game. So for And that was all because of the offense. I think the offense responded after that turnover and gets, gets you a touchdown. They responded after coming down 7 nothing. Um, so overall, I think a good performance from the offense with obvious. There's still some issues, but um, but they landed the haymakers. And so you're, you're willing to eat some of those negative plays if you're landing those knockout punches. Freddie, I was your you, punches, Nick. What's yeah, that? they weren't very good. I'm trying to keep it compact, but I bet you were pretty good at throwing haymakers back in the day. I could throw one or two. Yeah, absolutely. is it true that every person from the mountains can fight? Pretty much, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. You know, you, you got you got to you got to be who you are, and that's what Mark Stoops said about his offense. Mm-hmm. I think Kentucky and Ole Miss are both different than years past. Ole Miss is a run-heavy team, runs, what, 65% of the time, Adam, something like that. Yeah. Kentucky is an explosive uh, pass play offense. That's totally different than what we've seen, which brings some uncomfortable, uh, some uncomfortness with the fans and with people that analyze because it looks different. But 
if you look at the big picture, Kentucky's averaging 31 points a game, 32 last year. So that's similar. Kentucky struggled a little bit out of the gate offensively a year ago. Same here. But you have to love so much about this offense. Touchdown passes of what, uh, 40, 69, and 70. I mean, that's explosive, uh, and yeah. that's what you want to see. The sacks, you know, we can all talk about that. But I think five of them, I, I think three were on the quarterback. One was a whiff by the tackle. And the other yeah. was guard and tackle got turned sideways. So it is what it is. Kentucky's last in the SEC in that category, but, uh, Northern Illinois dialed up some exotics. I mean, there were some crazy things they were doing. Man coverage, both corners out. You never think that they would play man, but they did. And Kentucky made them pay for it. So the old adage that the Bowden system that I learned under Tommy was blitz us and die. And that's when the side adjustments first came into the game and things of that nature. So. Kentucky's been blitzed a lot this season, I think, to take advantage of communication issues and, and, and continuity issues on the offensive line. But as a big picture, I think the offensive line played actually better Saturday. Defensively, lost uh, you know a couple leaks out for some explosives. I think both sides of the football is going to have to work on situational two-minute. The fumble by Smoke at, towards the end of the half. You know, that's situational. You, you'd expect a senior to know once you're in the middle of the field in the two-minute scenario, you get hit and there's ten to, uh, five defenders around you. Go to the ground, hand the football to the referee, and play the next play. Didn't do that after a drop by Keaton Upshaw. So a lot of situational offense, Drew, I think Kentucky's going to have to work <clears> on uh, before they go to Ole Miss. Rumor has it uh, Mark Stoops was less than pleased with Keaton Upshaw after that play and might have given him – an earful uh, like has never been heard on that sideline before. So I, I'm sure Upshaw is still filling that one for that big mistake. But like you said, Frey, those things can't happen, especially that right. purple from smoke. You've got this big opportunity, and that's a time especially where you got to hold on to that football. Yeah. I, I do want – like you brought up the quote, Freddie, yeah. um, that Stoops had. It, it wasn't you are what you are, but it was yeah. – Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the um, – like when we when we did this preseason, we were breaking down this Kentucky football team. It was, well, you got a good quarterback, you've got a lot of talented young receivers. We think they're going to be good, but the offensive line's got some holes in it. At least you've got Chris Rodriguez. Well, yeah. you're kind of seeing the results of that. Like the weakness of this team is the offensive line, so it's not going to be what teams in the past were, where you just mauled people to death with Darian Kennard and All-American and Luke Fortner and Logan Stenberg and big bruising running backs, because you just haven't had that. You know, getting Chris Rodriguez back, so some things might change there. But, Freddie, like, I, I you, I would expect Kentucky threw for 300 yards and they rushed for 100. That's what you should expect with the, ro- the personnel that's on this roster right now. Yeah, I think, yeah, 4-0 with Chris Rodriguez coming back is the best-case scenario. No matter how you got to four and zero, I also have to remember Kentucky beat two MAC teams that are projected to win their divisions. That's a tough conference, and and what eight of the top twenty or six out of the top ten teams played games with seven points or less this weekend. So it happens. Now the running back situation, I counted six plays, Adam, where the run the hole was there, and the running back just ran into traffic, ran into the pile instead of going to the lane or the crease or alley that the offensive line created. So you can't blame all this on the offensive line. And I really was sensitive to that and, and tried to watch as closely as I could. 
And that came out, that came to play in a run game. So mm-hmm. Chris Rodriguez back. I mean, you're getting arguably the best running back in the Southeastern Conference. That's saying a lot. So, and he's a game changer, 100%. So he's going to change that playbook, call sheet. The offense will look differently with 24 back there. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I think running back's been an issue. Um, yeah. It offensive has. line, offensive line needs to, like they need them to play better, but like running back's been an issue. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably hurt the team's overall confidence too. Um, when you have something blocked up, right, Freddie, and it goes yeah. for one yard. You're like, those guys look back like, what the hell? Like, yes. So I think oh, confidence-wise, that, that probably rattles them a little bit, especially in an inexperienced group. But overall, Kentucky, like, they are kind of like, they got to win like NFL teams win. It's yeah. You watch NFL on Sunday, you've got to scrape together 120 yards on the ground. You've got to protect your quarterback and then let your quarterback go win the games um, with his arm. And that's just kind of how, they, how they're built um, this year with Will Levis. Like, if – they, like, and I think people, like, if, if the sack yardage was taken off passes, yeah. like it should be, I think people look at the box score and maybe feel a little bit better. Cause you look up and you see Kentucky ran for 124 yards. Yeah. Average over four point yard, uh, four yards per rush. Not great, but it's not, I don't think it's as terrible as people think it is. Um, they can improve a lot, but it's not as bad um, as people think it is. I think it's going to be very good. Now you, Kavasi Smoke can be a true number two. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to, Strengthen the roster. When Rodriguez is in there, Smoke's a great compliment. Where now, I think it's it seems like a pretty big drop off when Smoke goes out of the game. Um, so I think that's going to help. Um, and I just think people are just having to retrain their brains a little bit here mm-hmm. with Kentucky. You got to you are who your personnel is, and you got to play to your strengths. And I think we're we're starting to see that. And I've said it a hundred times: this team is going to go as far as number seven takes it. And through four games, I think you should feel pretty optimistic going into this big eight-game stretch they have coming up. Uh, all the goals are still on the table. You know, we talked all offseason how this could, season could be big. They checked all the boxes, um, even with their flaws. So now they have a chance if they can get humming here to really do some special things. Well, if, if you are what your personnel is, then my question to you, Drew, I'm going to start with you. What What is Kentucky with Chris <clears throat> Rodriguez? Mark Soup said he doesn't need Chris to be a savior. He doesn't need to be the running game's messiah, but is he is he the the savior? I think he is the savior, and from a stand a fan standpoint, I cannot wait for his first couple carries because I know he has just got this built up anger from having to sit out these first four games. Uh, some could say it might be a little unfairly this last punishment, but he's been going through practices, he's at fall camp, he's been at everything, and I can't wait for them to let him loose. And how that'll affect the game is. They're going to have to pay a lot more attention to Chris Rodriguez, and I think that just sets up more opportunities for Dane Key and uh, Barryon Brown and Tavion Robinson down the field if Rodriguez is getting the attention I think he'll command, even if the line hasn't been what it's been in the past. I think he'll be what C-Rod's been. Well, and, and to your point too, Drew, I think one of the biggest the biggest things that's been held back, people want to know, are they just holding stuff back through the first four games? Well, yeah, they, they've been handcuffed. They have not been able to run play action. They tried for two games, and nobody gave a damn. Miami just freaking went after them all night because they did not have to honor that play fake at all. I think that completely opens up this offense a ton. And, look, it, I talked to you so much, whether it's on the record, driving to the show, I don't know where it was. But in one of our interactions, you made the point that, the offensive line wasn't great in that Iowa game last year, right? But he still rattled off 100 yards 
and scored two touchdowns. He caught one. He ran for one. Like, if Chris does that, he does that bare minimum where he's breaking a tackle for a loss minus five and turning it to a six-yard touchdown run. Like, that's what they're missing right now. It's the it's the one-yard run. That third and one, give it to your tailback? Right. So we don't have to get cued on third and short? Or they don't yeah. have to cue you on third and short? How about just or, that? Let's just or just quarterback in. sneak Will Levis to death? I give, mean, give it to the bulldozer? Like, let's not, you know, it's first and ten at, or first and goal at eight. Hand it to Rodriguez, get grind out four yards right quick. That that's gonna it's gonna help a lot. I mean, there's gonna be less run stuffs, less zero one yard gains. You're gonna get three or four yard gains, which will help a ton. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna help them get ahead of the chains a little bit. Um, and I think the I'm just interested to see how defenses defend them with that too, because um, I don't think they're gonna have to defend them a little different because there's a respect he brings uh, to the field, you know because of what he's accomplished in the past. And so, I, yeah, have they, have they been holding stuff back? Probably. Um, now we'll see. Uh, they played 16 quarters, so it's not like this a small sample size we have here. But you have to, you have to get excited. Kentucky's getting one of the best – not only one of the best players on the team, one of the best players in the conference back. And that, that's the point that you hit home so hard early on, Freddie. Like, yeah. hey, this is, this is one of the best players yeah. in the Southeastern Conference right here. And hey, Kentucky's four and zero without him. <laughs> yeah, I think I I agree with Adam. There's been some running back issues, especially vision, patience, and that comes with experience. Only Kavashie Smoke had Juton uh, McLean, but he got hurt. Smoke has game experience, and he's a he's a complimentary back. Uh, that's what he does. He's number two after Rodriguez pounds the football. Then you give it to Smoke in the passing game or on the edge. So. Yeah, I I, re- I disagreed 100% with everybody that said don't make a big deal of Rodriguez missing the four games. Now, Kentucky ultimately accomplished their goal. Their objective is to be 4-0, <laughs> get him back. So that is good, but but I think it completely changes the the, the play the play sheet. I, I think we – Ole Miss may have held back a little bit offensively, but I think Kentucky also is not uh, – Skangarell has not put his full complimentary uh, – long list of plays together that I think we're going to see starting on Saturday and running all the way through this eight-game Power 5 stretch. Chris Rodriguez is back, but sadly, J.J. Weaver will not be back. Uh, He suffered that elbow injury uh, two weeks ago against Youngstown State, and we got an optimistic prognosis, but when J.J. was in a sling and a big old brace, uh, during the Northern Illinois game. Things didn't look good. Mark Stoops today didn't have him on the depth chart. He said it's it's not looking great. Uh, you know, one of those Stoops injury, mums the word quotes. Uh, but look at this is uh, – I, I hate it. I If you made me choose between a Weaver or a Rodriguez, I, I, I almost might just choose having Weaver for this game because Ole Miss does so much to just try to mess with the defense with misdirection. And – I mean, if Jackson Dart's running for a hundred yards in a game, then I know that that they're messing with those edges on contain. Like <laughs> they, yeah, I would, I would really like to have JJ Weaver available for this football game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're facing a, one of the top rushing attacks in college football. You want one of your better run defenders, but it's important to notice Ole Miss is not getting in many um, power formations. It's a lot of. Ex- you know, the art brow spread where the receivers are stacked on, you know, on the sidelines where they're just trying to create space and play in light boxes. So when they do that, Kentucky's going to have to play in nickel, right? They have to play with one edge usually. 
And so what you would like here is, you know, you keep Ryder Weaver, you have a good rotation, keep them fresh throughout the game. Now you, what hurts is now Jordan Wright's going to have to play a lot of snaps. Um, from, so from that aspect, like, I think they're, it's not as important to me as it was as the two edge guys were in the Florida game. Um, right. Because of how Florida played. Um, now, 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 Kentucky would be better if they had him. Um, but this right. is the type of game where they're, they're going to, they're going to be playing with smaller personnel. So uh, you were only going to play with one of Weber right, I think, for it, you know, not, not every, not every snap, but a good chunk of snaps without one of them on the field. So from that aspect, you're still okay, but it still stings that you, you know, you might have to ask Keaton Wade to play some big snaps in this game, and that's a huge spot for a true freshman to be in. Well, can we just take a minute to can yeah. we take a minute to appreciate that photo of Deion Walker that was just on the screen? <laughs> I know it just disappeared, but what a massive human! Uh, lucky to have him rolling. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, Freddie, you were going to talk about Alex Safari because yeah, I think I think if we look Saturday or Saturday evening. And Alex Safari's had a big game. Yeah. And plays well. I think Kentucky wins the football game. I'm not putting the game totally on this true freshman. Please don't take it like that. But that medium nickel defender opposite mm-hmm. of Jordan Wright, that, that's the key, right? I mean, the quarterback Jackson Darter break the huddle. He'll identify Jordan or, uh, uh, Jordan Wright and then he'll identify four and that, and that'll usually be the medium nickel. So I think we'll see a lot of heavy Alex Safari, uh, because like Adam said, the the splits, wide receiver splits, motions. I mean, they try to spread you out and then pick weaknesses on the defense, and that's where they're going or that general direction. And then within that general direction through the RPO, you got three different plays in one, and that's how this offense is so effective. Uh, that offensive line from Ole Miss is very good, yes. very good. This is by far the best offensive line that Kentucky's faced this season, so that's going to be a challenge. And with that up-tempo, you get the certain – Ole Miss, which are Kiffin or and Ole Miss, will try to catch certain combinations of defensive linemen on the field at once, and then I think you'll go into supercharge fast and, and not let the not let the clock stop and keep those linemen on the field. I think you're going to see a lot of that, but I think Alex Safari and the safeties are going to be huge. Come down to tackle those big physical running backs from Ole Miss. Replacing uh, Weaver is the big storyline on defense, but I'm so excited for. Jones and Smith returning to Ole Miss just to see how they'll react there. Smith played every game since he got there as a freshman. Jones, I believe, led them in tackles his last year as a Rebel. Uh, those are guys who have been great all season for Kentucky, but I'm excited for them to get back to their former home and see how that goes. Well, I, I got to call them out for a second, though, because these guys were roommates when they first got to Ole Miss together. They have zero pictures together. How are you – living with somebody and playing on the same football team, and you have zero pictures together. We Our, our, our pal Slack, Susan Lacks, who's the media relations, you know, of course we're going to write a Kedron Smith, Jacquez Jones story this week. It's like, hey, uh, do they got any old pictures together? I was rolling through Instagram. Zero pictures. Like, dude, come on. That, that, that That's such a, a dude thing. Where They're you're just all about ball, Nick. They just don't care about yeah, that. They don't need that internet clout. They're just all about ball. They keep them in a shoebox under their bed with all their memories <laughs> from checking in. They have them. They're just hard copies. Just not not willing to share them. Uh, but the, that is odd, guys, though. It was also odd hearing Kiffin's quotes because he's Mister Like, oh, you know, free agency. But like, he wasn't going to like throw dirt on their grave like it. But he was kind of like, oh, you know, it just is how it is. But like, yeah, we appreciated him. But like, on to the next. 
Wish them the best. Doesn't take it personal. Yeah. Isn't Ole Miss it? arguably won the portal along with yeah. USC. I mean, you, Zach Evans running back. Uh, Watkins, Jordan Watkins from Louisville, the receiver, who's probably, what, fourth on the team in receptions. And he's joined by Malik Heath, who came over from Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like five starters on offense. Yeah, then Trigg, the, the, the tight end from USC, is a very talented player. So they, Ole Miss got some nice, nice pickups in the portal. We did get a little intel on their injury situation as well. Zach Evans uh, had a hit pointer, missed some of it. And uh, our friends at On Threes, Ole Miss Spirit, said he'll probably be back. Um, but their center had a messed up knee, their starting center. And they also, like at their leading tackle for loss, got Kari Coleman on Another the defense. Transfer. Yeah, yeah. he uh, He's probably out with an ankle injury. So um, Yeah, he's their, their biggest havoc producer to this point. And then they had snapping issues in the second half last week when they had to make a change. So just something to keep an eye on. If they're starting center, cannot go. Something to keep an eye on. We're going to dig more into Ole Miss. But first, I'm going to tell you about our good friends at Prize Picks because I was playing Prize Picks on Saturday, and I was asking Drew what easy picks should I make. And Tavion Robinson, over 60 yards, he did that with one touchdown. Uh, Will <laughs> Levitt, he hit over 260 yards, too. With ease, you can hit a, a more or less. All you do is you download the app, you pick a couple players from a couple different teams, you parlay them together, and you turn that money into bigger money with Prize Picks. Download the app today, and they are going to match your deposit, a hundred percent deposit match on up to a hundred dollars. All you got to do is put in that promo code KSR. That's right, promo code KSR. They'll double your deposit, and what's nice too is that it's, you know, we can't play the the sports books, but in the state of Kentucky, in over 70% of the United States, you can play prize picks. It's the perfect game for you, whether it's college, NFL, whatever it may be. They got every sport in there. Download the prize picks app today. Put in the promo code KSR. They'll match your deposit up to $100 on that first download. Big shout out to prize picks. And thanks to Prize Picks, we're going to answer some of your questions right now on the YouTube chat, um, which I love this one from Kentucky Cats 06 because it's only four games into the season, guys, but we're already getting a lot of who's going to be the transfer portal quarterback for Kentucky, <laughs> right? And Hank Bachmeyer is our the Boise State quarterback. He's going to enter the portal after they fire their OC and lost to somebody. Is Hank Bachmeyer good enough to play at Kentucky? Outside of what's going on with Chris Rodriguez, this is the second most popular question I get. Um, just who's the portal? What's the portal quarterback going to be? What names are they after? Uh, yada yada yada. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, I, have to do I don't think he's good enough. Uh, yeah. uh, no, if he's he not good enough would, for Boise State, not good enough for me. He was very good as a true freshman, and it's kind of gone downhill for him since then. But they that coaching change. He's had injury. I think that would be the biggest scare with him. He's had a lot of bad injury luck throughout his career at Boise, so durability is a big question with him. So there, there's your Hank Bachmeyer scouting report on two, Monday, September 26. <laughs> there will be a line outside the football facility for Will Levis's job if Kentucky can finish this season the way we think they can finish this season. It's a name we don't even know yet. Somebody will want it with all those receivers. Not a concern. No, not concerned at all. How about, no. How about this? Just enjoy this NFL guy with, they got right now. Yeah. We'll worry about uh, the rest it, come November and December. Just enjoy this dude they got right now spinning it. 
Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good, and I'm convinced he's top five good. Uh, Mel Kuyper thinks he's top 20, top five good. Freddie, you like Mel Kuyper? I do love Mel Kuyper, yes. Yeah, Lo- love his analysis. Uh, McShay, I met. Bucky Brooks, love him. Uh, I, yeah, but, but but Kuiper's the old school dude. I mean, he's, he's like me. He still uses paper. So I, I got a lot of respect for him. I like how quirky he uh, is. Uh, Dad. <laughs> Doesn't he just eat like pumpkin pie for Pumpkin breakfast? pie every, yeah, for the draft. For the draft, yeah. 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 And doesn't drink water all day. <laughs> We've got a little Todd McShay at our game Saturday. Sideline reporter. Oh, he's back? He's mm-hmm. back. He'll he be in Oxford. At, he was at Florida, too. He's on uh, Levis, awesome. Levis watch here. Yeah. Oh, that's something different. He, uh, man, I want, the good news is this game will not be on the ESPN app. It will be. It will get be. We'll have a delay. First game. That's you don't have to worry about delay there. Um, I have a feeling too that a lot of people. Well, like it is the next question you get from people where where are you going to be in Oxford? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I have. People, so where are you going to be in Oxford? People saying they're going to my tailgate that I don't. I don't know that I even know. So. I'm going the, to, your going to my brother's tailgate. Yeah, I think Drew will be there too. Uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a big mass of big blue mist. I'm at, like, this game hasn't. Uh, Tyler Thompson told me today that this game hasn't sold out for Ole Miss, and it. I feel like everybody I know at least knows a few people going to this game. It feels like there's just going to be a massive amount of Kentucky fans there. I don't know if you all are getting the same vibes, but it seems like. This is going to be a huge fan turnout here in Oxford. Drew, you've been doing this. You're you're much much older than all of us. So, Drew, can you recall <laughs> a road game with this many Kentucky fans talking about going? I because it hadn't happened in my lifetime. Yeah, Except maybe uh, Georgia last year. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not normally as tuned in as I am for this one because I'm taking off and going as a fan, which is rare. But I feel like I know a billion people going. And talking about where they want to meet up and, and plant the blue flag early in the morning. I even had a college kid DM me and say that he heard I'm washed up and that I need to be up by 9 a.m. shotgunning beers. I'll, I'll see him at 7 a.m. because that's about the time I think we're all getting started in the Grove. Mark up the wrong tree. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wake the beast. But no, I do, I do think it is going to be a huge turnout and it, I think that will really matter too, especially if it's not a sellout. Maybe they'll, they should recheck the numbers after they announced the uh, Real Tree helmets. I'm sure that did a lot of enthusiasm oh, for the fan base down there. Wayne Kiffin is having to tell his players how to get hyped for a game when it's, as in his words, as he so eloquently put it, feels like a high school game. Like, he is publicly calling out his fans. There are players who are tweeting at their fans, please come to our game. This, yeah. is, this is wild, Freddie. Did you see the pictures of uh, of uh, the stadium? I mean, it, they were, all left at halftime. It was yeah, it was gone. Yeah. It it almost looked so, somewhat UCLA ish. I mean, and that's as bad as bad as you in Northwestern, yeah. you know, in Vandy. But, but I can keep going. But yeah, it's a uh, you know that's surprising because you know it's different down there. Uh, I think the tailgate can be more important than the game, and it's you know so. But but it, that, that, it blows my mind that you can have that exciting of a team, that good of a football team with that coach, and not sell out a, against a top ten opponent. Uh, could be the kickoff time. I don't know. Eleven a.m. is a little tough, but 
you know, a lot majority of tickets were bought before the kickoff time was announced. So, or not bought. So it, it it's strange that they can't uh, sell this out for a top ten opponent coming to town. Yeah. Ole Miss fifteen and three in the last eighteen too. Yeah, both oh, teams are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Love that set. Um, which Drew, you brought up planning your blue flag. Here's my question for you because we need to get everybody united on this. I think we can start the movement now. Um, not only is Ole Miss they're they're bringing out some really dumb helmets that like it looks <laughs> like. It looks like um, my son just grabbed some blue paint and just, like, started throwing it yeah. at it. And it's supposed to be camouflage? Like, I don't – It's if, it, if Kentucky wears blue helmets, it's going to look like we've just been scuffing them up with our helmets. I hope that's I just, the look we go for. Their color uh, scheme is so cool, though, that people just don't care. Like, oh, look at our finger painting helmets. Oh, it's got the powder blue on it. Uh, so, like, they could get away with anything pretty much. As soon as they got the powder blue – they could pretty much do anything and not go wrong. I think it's a deal with Realtree, the hunting, I yeah. guess, clothing line or whatever that is. Uh, so I th- Mississippi, like you get. The- I think, yeah. <laughs> but but if you think about it, it'd be it'd be more Mississippi State than Ole Miss. That's what yeah, that's a little true. bit surprising. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they need In- vineyard vines helmets. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> or or books, you know. Uh, Ole Miss, Oxford's big on books, so yeah, on books. Yeah. In the bar there called the library? Maybe that's why they're big on books. Could be. They, they got the stripe out, too, which I hope goes horribly wrong. I uh, was a little upset that Tennessee has worked out as well as it did. I'm not going to say that looked cool, but Tennessee pulled off their, their checker out. I hope Ole Miss fails miserably well, at theirs. And that's where we have to unite, right? Because there's going to be so many Kentucky fans. And I, I believe – are they doing – what what stripes are they doing? Are they doing blue and red or navy and white? I'm out. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. I know I'm in a Navy section. Well, you know how confusing that would be to me. That 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 blows my mind, right, Freddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going, they're going red and Navy. So here's the. So do we go? Do we encourage everybody to unify and white out the Kentucky section, or do we try to? I don't know. Royal blue it out. Both Kentucky sections, I believe they're S and K. They're both Navy. They try to pull a fast one here. I I said on our morning show, I think we all go highlighter yellow and just really throw this off course. (laughs) It would probably be, since Kentucky's going to wear white uh, jerseys because they're the road team, probably a good idea to just go ahead and just have everybody white it out. Either way, it's going to pop more. There's no doubt about it. It's not like we're down in Florida like it and you've got the blue bleeding into the blue. It's it, it's a different color, so you'll know. Speaking of Florida, there was a few young-ish or maybe wishing they were young gentlemen uh, just went shirtless. So maybe that's the answer. <laughs> just go shirtless. <laughs> shirtless. And just right. Uh, uh, bring a sign that says, I came here to do, uh, came here to do three things. Uh, drink beer, race hell, and beat Ole Miss. Looks like we're out of beer. There you go. Get to work. Uh, Temperature's going to be good to go shirtless. We're looking at a high of 80, sunny. Yeah. That's sunburnt. Yeah, they could be uh, roasty. Uh, Oh, this, uh, they have a line like, uh, we may lose the game, but we never win the party. Well, you all can happily lose the game, but we're also going to win the party. So we'll take both (laughs) those from them. And and apparently the Grove still – Still hums after the game too, so 
Kentucky go in there and get a win, then you could have a really good time the next few hours, a little post-tailgate. Drew, you're the only one that's been there. Mark Stoops hasn't even been there. He said this is one of the few places it'll be his first time. Um, no, no, te- no uh, restaurant recommendations, surprisingly, <laughs> for Mark Stoops. Disappointed. <laughs> I was wanting to go somewhere Friday night. Now, now I'm out of luck. I was. Because that's what Stoops does no on Friday. He, he goes <laughs> out on the town on Friday night and has a big dinner. And The team doesn't even stay in Oxford. They, they yeah. stay. Yeah. What, Tupelo or Memphis or something? I think they're like an hour away or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right. So one of them, one of the Mississippi schools, you stay in Tupelo and the other I, one, you stay just outside of Memphis. I can't remember which, I guess Ole Miss is closer to Memphis. Yeah. Right, right. But Drew, what, is there any sort of, uh, tidbits, advice that you have for anybody who's making the trip down there for the first time? It, it, like you can't have open beers down there, right? No, you can't have open container. They don't mind you drinking, but it's got to be in a solo cup. So if you're tailgating, prepare for that. Um, I, it's been 12 years and that was an 11 a.m. game then. So I actually didn't see as much of the Grove as I wanted. But, uh, like, like it was saying, after the game, win or lose, that's when it becomes the party. I don't know, have any recommendations for areas. I don't know myself. Well, we'll all be figuring out together when we get down there. Just follow the next cluster to the party. Are you going to bring home another horse, Drew? Uh, no, but I'm hoping to check in on the horse I once had down there. Uh, <laughs> I need to repost those pictures. The, what what year? What was 12 years ago? 2010-ish? Is that when it was? 2010, yeah. Different time back then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the cameras or the phones still had cameras on them. Yeah. A little when, men, when men were men, 2010. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can, I can I can vouch for the 11 a.m. kickoff being complete BS. I remember just trying to hurry to get down there to do any form of tailgating. So I would encourage everyone to get started as early early as possible. Uh, once you get into the game, though, you're going to watch Kentucky absolutely kick the ever-loving snot out of the Ole Miss Rebels. It's going to be a joy. I can't wait. Uh, this team, this Ole Miss team, is not like the Ole Miss team that went. Uh, 10 and 2 last year and then went to the Sugar Bowl before Matt Corral got hurt in that game and, and was sidelined. Uh, they've largely been untested aside from last week where Tulsa had a nice little rally come together against them. Um, as both Freddie and Luckett referred to earlier, heavy on the transfer portal, heavy on the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin's been sandbagging this bunch since the entire preseason, just trying to temper expectations because he wasn't sure what he had. And up until, I believe it was last week, he, he didn't announce officially that Jackson Dart, the USC transfer, was in fact the quarterback and went from being a pass happy team to a team that's going to run the ball a lot. And what can I feel like this, that's where if, if Kentucky stops a run, they're winning this football game. And I'm, I'm fairly confident that that's going to be the case. Right. Uh, Ole Miss is going to get yards on the ground. Um, I think it's important for Kentucky to survive that early onslaught with the tempo and just settle in and then make this a game in the second half where it turns into which quarterback makes more plays, Will Levis or Jackson Dart. And Kentucky should feel pretty good about where, where who's holding the cards in that matchup. So that, I think that's the biggest key to the game. If you can make – you know, this is going to be the biggest game Jackson Dart's ever played in, right? I mean, he started a few games at USC that meant nothing after they fired their coach. They, they've had an easy cakewalk here to start the season. Will Levis played in some, he's played in big games, uh, and he's farther along in his development than Dart is. And so 
That's what you. That's how I think you want to see it play out. You want it to get late in the game. You want it to come down to which quarterback can make some more plays and avoid the big mistake. And you got tr- Kentucky. You want to trust Levis to go to go and win the game for you late. I, uh, I'm, oh wow! You know that train of thought that just goes in one ear and then it just completely drifts out of there. I had something and I lost it. But the good news is. It is back, and oh, damn it, it's right off the tracks. I, I was, was getting ready to kick it to you, Freddie, and I just completely, it just, oh, man, I'm so disappointed in myself. You were going to ask Freddie about his time in Oxford. Maybe not, but. No, it was something to do. No, if you, look at, you're going to get three guys stuck on the field, right, on the defensive line when they're going tempo. Which three are you picking, Freddie? I've got one at nose. I want Josiah Hayes at nose. Um, well, Josiah that Hayes, off the football. I want him at nose. I want Trayvon Ripka. If Khalil, is Khalil Sanders healthy? I don't. I don't. Did we see him? He had limited snaps last okay. week. He's so I'll take the, Trayvon Ripka and Octavius Oxendine. I think that's the three because they're going to get stuck out there sometimes. Yeah. Like that's and like just be, big blue nation. Prepare to get annoyed. Yeah. You, we've done. We've we've been there. We've done that, and then. Uh, every time it's, uh, how come they can't get ready for tempo? And it's just like, that's what tempo does to you. Kentucky is going to be a poorly hydrated team on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. A lot, be, of a lot of cramps. Um, yeah. Some people will be questioning their toughness. But I have a feeling they're going to be okay. Just, just, But just get ready for that. A lot of cramps. I'll have plenty of liquid IVs in my pocket. <laughs> Anyone on the bench who needs them. The interesting part of the question that, uh, there, Nick, is how much Dion Walker do we see? Uh, because he's, he's a player that is dynamic, especially he's a three year guy at UK, uh, fantastic true freshman, but much like Bully McCall, you know, Walker can give you four or five plays on the best and then he's got to rotate out because he's just a freshman. Uh, so I, I think we may see a little bit less of him. I hope not, but if Ole Miss catches him out there, and in and, and a little bit of other combinations, I think they go super fast. Which, it, but it, it it can all go wrong in a hurry, right? That's the yeah. one downside of tempo. Like, yeah, but when it's yeah, going if you give you one TFL that can change up. Yeah, you can hurry up and punt on yeah. two. Oh, there was one play that Walker had uh, Saturday, and they were running towards our sideline, and Deion Walker had like two guys held up with one arm. He's like getting held, and he's got the other one on the outside. And I, it, it, I was just mad that they stretched it so wide that he couldn't eat it up like three yards into the backfield. He ended up having to share the tackle with somebody. But I, I looked at Drew, and it was just like it was like a monster was just stalking the running back while he was making his way down the line of scrimmage. He is a he's a man among boys. Yeah, they, that, 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 I think that was the three and out, and he made a play on each yeah. down there. I mean, it was yeah. the Deion Walker show that just. That would just, so just show you the potential yeah. with him. He's he is going to be he already is a special player. Yeah. The man with the plan. Um have you all seen my boy Marquan McCall making plays already yes. for the Panthers again yeah. this weekend? He's becoming yeah. a popular man. You know who's great at football? Josh Allen. You put him on a competent football team and he's second in the NFL in quarterback hurries. Freddie yeah. Why did they make him live through Urban Meyer? Like, what? Yeah. He should get bonus pay for that year. You know, two Wildcats played extremely well for the Jaguars on Sunday. Luke Fortner played his best game as a pro, and then Josh Allen is the Josh Allen that we know. So 
uh, I really like uh, those two being there. I follow the Jaguars. I'm kind of a Jaguars fan now, and I enjoyed that win. But Luke played really, really well. Uh, is it fair to say, Freddie, that the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best team in the South and it's not even close? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a former cat for the one of the best teams in the AFC South, Lonnie Johnson, tried to give the game away late. I might have said a few words about the former cat. I, don't, I, I don't thought know about how you. <laughs> yeah. Um, still love him, but he was he, he caught uh, almost got a remote through my TV because of him. Is, is Wondell going to play tonight? I think is he, he, I'm not he, sure if he's back yet, but he'll be back soon. I don't think that was a long term yeah. injury. Yeah, better not be. Also, Randall Cobb is still just like I. My bones ache just watching him run down the field. I don't know how he's still doing it. Like, it, it's good seeing him though. Look yeah. good out there. He did. He did beat up, beat Mike Edwards' ass. Uh, was, sorry, Mike. Suck it, Bucks. Uh, hey, here's a fun question. Let's play a fun game. Okay. Who is the worst team in the SEC? Why don't you run through our candidates here, Nick? Here's our candidates. Number one, Auburn. They beat another one of our candidates, Missouri. Is it Vanderbilt or South Carolina? Which four? Which one of the four is the worst team in the Southeastern Conference? Adam Luckett. I think my answer is still Vanderbilt, but that answer might be different in the middle of November. Fred, so I'm going to stick with the Commodores right now. I'm going to go Missouri and. Their five-star true freshman receiver, Luther Burton, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, deleted all of his Missouri stuff and oh. he's voiced his unhappiness. Yeah, so oh, that's no. not good. No, things aren't going well in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, no. Who we, saw that coming? Yeah. No. He might transfer. No. Yeah. I I can't believe that. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right, Adam. I, I don't know how anybody could have seen that one coming. It's almost like the announcer spent the entire game saying, how come he's only touched the ball two times? Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really incredible to see Missouri just not win that football game. But, Drew, they might not be the worst team in the SEC. Who is the worst team in the SEC? Well, Knicks, I will break the tie by saying the worst team in the SEC is Auburn because Missouri <laughs> should have won that game. Auburn got lucky. They are 14th, and they are trash. I'd take Vanderbilt over Auburn right now. There was a report from Bruce Feldman that before the games on Saturday. And Bruce said that Auburn might is willing to pull the trigger if he cannot beat Missouri. <laughs> he did the worst thing possible. He should have lost like three times in one. They tried. They tried. Auburn is the worst team in the SEC. They're, they're quarterback. Oh, they got a quarterback who can run. Oh, fine. Boo frickety who. They are terrible. I cannot believe that they think that they're a good program. Like that, that place is just such hot garbage. It makes me laugh so much watching them play football. I cannot. Oh, I just, I just, I just gobble it up. Just feed me Auburn trash because it is the garbage that keeps this motor running. It's like Taco Bell and Coors Light. Just keep me running. Trigger, 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 trigger. I think Taco Bell and Coors Light will be visited by a few Kentucky fans in Oxford, Mississippi this weekend. Um, uh, my, my mini horse went through a Taco Bell. 
At like 5 a.m., someone put the mini horse in a two-door coupe. I mean, look at, I don't know if I, I, I had nothing to do with this PETA. And they just drove to Taco Bell with it in the car. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. Man. Oh man. You, you talk oh. about Stoops needs a statue. I think, I think Drew Franklin needs a statue outside of KS Bar and Grill. I mean, he's, what would, he's, it, what would he's a Drew Franklin, what would Drew Franklin's statue be doing outside of KS Bar? He would have a Titans <laughs> jersey or hoodie on. He would be smiling uh, and have his uh, – I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. What would it look like, Drew? The story is still being written, Freddie, so I don't know. Still options to come. Maybe me shotgunning a beer in the Grove after the yeah. cast went by at 30. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to need a shotgun count while you're down there. Uh, maybe we can do an old-fashioned, like, write Drew's phone number on his arm, you know, like <laughs> – Return home to those you are all call if lost. You don't even have to smuggle wow. in your own stuff down there. They they sell it in Mississippi. Oh wow. That's that sounds like really? a great time. Yeah. Yeah, we can get we can get beers in the stadium there. That's a surprise too. Keep one that train moving. Two, one of those two used to be a dry town, dry county mm-hmm. when I was getting recruited. It was either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Can't remember which one, but one of them was dry. I want to say when we went there 12 years ago, we had to get stuff before we got okay. into Oxford. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I'm sure that's changed. It's how long it's been since we've been there. Yeah, it's been a long time. Been, uh... You could smoke in restaurants back then. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Hooters had, had the, football. Hooters had the orange ashtrays. <laughs> you could smoke in a restaurant, but you couldn't drink a beer at a football game. Like, what? What? Our priorities were all out of whack. All out of line. Uh, back in the day, but I think they're pretty straight now. Uh, Kentucky is a top 10 team in the country. Um, really, really looking forward to this game on Saturday. Uh, I, I know we started and we didn't really dive into the bad because I'm just, uh, you know, I ain't got time for that. I'm too happy of a person to do that because you can nitpick uh, any football team all day, all night. Uh, you can text into my radio show if you want to do that. We, we do it all the time. But 10,000 feet, Kentucky is about where they thought they were, and the defense is better than I expected at this point in the season. 4-0, undefeated, top 10 team in the country. And if you go down like it and you, you play to your standard, you're going to be hosting an SEC team at your home field for the first time all year, six weeks into the season, right. 5-0, and and – you know, knocking on the door of that top five. Yeah. Uh, big opportunity here for Kentucky on the road. It's just a game. You feel like they should win, right? I think that's you – know, there's a lot to point you in that direction, I think. Like, Kentucky's a flawed team, but so is Old Miss. Old Miss has issues as well. Um, they have a lack of a drop-back passing game this year. Um, you heard Mark Stoops kind of alluded to that. In his press conference, like they don't, Matt Corral's not there to save them on third and eights anymore. So if you can, you can get early down stops, you can be in a good position against an inexperienced quarterback to maybe make some catastrophic plays. And that's a, that's a term Lane Kiffin threw out at his press conference today about Dart. He avoided them for the most part against Tulsa, but there is, there, he has a very short leash because they're worried about some of his just gunslinger mentality. 
I mean, if you get in a game, a tight game, that that might have to come out. It could be good for Ole Miss, or it could be very bad. Um, so for Kentucky, you got to hope that experienced defense can make some plays. I mean, like I said earlier, I think it's really about surviving the early storm with that tempo, selling in, getting into, you know, getting a your defense get the feet under them. Like against Tennessee, Kentucky's defense never got their feet in that game. Like you have to get your footing established and settle in. I think that's going to be important. Do that, and I think Kentucky's going to have a great chance to win the game in the second half. Catastrophic. I a, really optimistic from Lane there. <laughs> Can I give a quick shout out to how to, I'm going to try to produce here? This guy, Donald R. Matthews. I parked at the airport so I can listen. <laughs> it's like twelve dollars to park at the airport to listen to this show. So thanks, Donald. To, yes, thanks, thank Donald. That's awesome. Butt in with that. What My man, parked at the airport for this. That's great. I don't. I'm, I don't think I've ever parked in an airport. I live close it's, to it's one. Ex- so it's expensive. I get rides. Tyler oh. wants to know how many do we think will go to Oxford. I, what's all of the people? Um, yeah, I'm bad at this guessing. How many? How many visitor seats do they get, Nick? Do you know off the top of your head for SEC games? I don't, and I don't even know how big. You can like. Bought Hemingway is. It's right at it's same about the same size as Kroger Field. It's like sixty one, sixty. I'm 64. gonna guess sixty four. Right. I'm right. gonna guess two thousand fans. Two thousand? Oh, I think it's oh. way more than that. I think it's. I feel like I know two thousand people going. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know I, anybody I bet, going other than you guys. There's a lot. Blue, I think fifteen will be in. Fifteen thousand is about a quarter of it, and I think it'll be about a quarter. You think it'll so? Be about a quarter. Yeah, I I know that I, I at least did hear, you know, there's a couple people who got skittish by the early kickoff time, which, like, I don't know if you were so gung-ho and going why the early kickoff time would just make you cancel your plans. Um, but I know a few folks that where that happened. But for the most part, I, I do think this is going to be a, a 20 25% crowd Kentucky. like, And it's going to be That'd a be loud great. one. You're going to hear some Go Big Blues in the stands. And, Drew, there's nothing like a Go Big Blue uh, in the crowd. On, at no. a road. No. You all just wait. On this podcast, uh, next Monday, I will have no voice from helping out with the Go Big Blues and the Blues and Whites and the Cats chants. I uh, will also have Lonnie Dimery down there. He is staying in <laughs> Memphis yep. and going to a musical on Bill Street the night before, so he might oh, be wow. a r- running a little late, but I want to uh, let everyone know Lonnie's making the trip as well. How, how far is Tunica from Oxford? It's about an hour, I think. Okay. I think that's factoring in a few trips, too. I think I know, I know a couple people staying in Tunica. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a great time. Lucky and Drew will be down there. I will not. I, hopefully I will not be in a maternity ward. Uh, but who knows? We're getting we're getting close to uh, game time at the Roush House. So. Uh, yes. Yeah. So who knows? I, I, <laughs> might be might be like trying not to wake up an infant, uh, a newborn <laughs> in the hospital during this game. So. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's going to be uh, exciting Tyler, maybe Lonnie that's who fills in for me when I'm on uh, <laughs> come on 11 personnel, me and Lonnie <laughs> oh man, that'd be a great time uh, and it has been a great time hanging out with y'all tonight on the KSR Football Podcast we're here every Monday 7pm, rain or shine maybe a little late here or there you know, we never know but it's a uh, it's always fun to be here on the KSR Football Podcast. Big shout-out to Prize Picks and our friends at Justice Dental for bringing you the show. 
Uh, and thanks to all of y'all for subscribing, following along uh, all season long. We got a ton of stuff on the KSR YouTube channel coming soon. I'm, I can't wait to see Drew's annex from the parking lot. Uh, I just I've heard seen, secondhand. And, I've seen some of the raw footage. Uh, You're yeah. in for a doozy. It's, it's, it's really helping Drew's statue resume. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really helping out a lot. So make sure you say hey to uh, Drew and Luckett, Dan, in Oxford if you're going. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. For Drew Franklin, Adam Luckett, Freddie Maggard, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.